to the Root Horror Podcast. This is episode 69. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, today's episode, I talked to director, writer, special effects artist, Matt Wisniewski, as he talks about his latest short horror film, Toy Terminator. And uh, we'll be getting into that episode in a minute, but first I wanted to mention that there is a horror convention in Otomo, Iowa called Halloweenapalooza. It'll be happening October 8th and 9th at the historic and haunted Hotel Otomo. For more info on uh, the horror convention, you can go to www.halloweenapalooza.com for more info and how to purchase tickets. Uh, But I will mention Screen Queen's Debbie Raccone Kelly Maroney, Lynn Lowry, and Brink Stevens will be at the event. So this is a not-to-miss event. And also they just announced Justin Markson, who played the clown in Haunt, will also be there. So it's going to be a really fun time. There's going to be uh, film screenings and uh, tons of vendors, uh, Q&As, just, you know, tons of fun stuff at these horror conventions and the atmosphere at Hotel Tumwa is just amazing so I encourage everybody to check out Halloween Palooza if you get the chance and if you're in the Iowa area definitely check it out but yeah uh, Matt Wisniewski is my guest today he's worked on the film that we're going to be talking about Toy Terminator he's also done a short horror film called Pappy's World and he is the co-founder of the horror rock group Well Worn Boot. So uh, stick around. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, this is Marcus, and you're listening to the Root Horror Podcast. I'm here with Matt Wisniewski. He's here to talk about his film, Toy Terminator, and uh, and we're going to talk about the horror genre as well. So, uh, Matt, how's it going, man? Thanks for being here. It's going well. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, like I said, or like I'm about to say, rather, I've almost been booking my own press tour for like the for uh, the past couple of months, which feels like a comically indulgent process, but ultimately just being an amateur filmmaker and knowing that, you know, I don't have, you know, the resources and money to, uh, promote the film that I, other film producers do. Mm-hmm. You know, I figure it's me the best. It's probably just for the best for me to get out there and, uh, talk to as many people as I can about it. So awesome, man. 
yeah, awesome to have you here. Uh, so can you tell me, like, what first got you into the horror genre? Um, you know, I think I always had some sort of interest in, like, oddball stuff. Like, oddball, macabre, sideshow stuff was, was kind of, like, always something that I was into. Um, like, when I was in college, I was writing a short story about a person that, and this is based on a true story, actually, but a short story about a person who cut the head off of their chicken, and the chicken survived for 18 months, and they took it on a tour to different carnivals and made a lot of money with this sideshow act that was a headless chicken. So that was one of the first short stories that I tried to write. So even before I started doing filmmaking, I always had an interest in oddball sideshow and macabre type stuff. <clears throat> I've always had an interest in Westerns, um, which is sort of connected to the sideshow and the macabre thing, but maybe not directly connected to the horror thing. But then uh, I eventually started a band that was like a horror rock band kind of. Um, and that band was called Well-Worn Boot. And that really combined, you know, uh, uh, Westerns and horror, Western and horror. And, um, and like, uh, and so that was probably the beginning when I was like, people started saying, oh, that's like a horror movie, you know, or people would say that the band was like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I loved that movie. Um, so I was like, so like I, it kind of happened with me without realizing that I was doing it. You know, I think I just kind of liked weird stuff and that kind of turned into horror. And then I became aware like, oh, I'm into horror. And then I became a, like a horror nerd kind of. Nice. Yeah. I think I think that's kind of like how most uh, like horror nerds kind of get into things like, you know, it's not like like, oh, one day I'm going to be a horror nerd. Like it just, yeah, true. I think things just kind of fall into place, you know, yeah, like true. you. You, you know, you have interest in like, you know, say like horror movies, you have interest in, in watching them. And then, you know, you go and do something else and it almost like without even trying, it just kind of gets included in, uh, you know, whatever you're doing, like, you know, say music or whatever. Like I, you know, I can, I can vouch too. I played music for quite a few years being in a metal band doing vocals and, uh, you know, when it came to like lyric writing, I would write about random stuff, but I mostly gravitated towards like the horror genre in my writing. Like that's when I kind of felt like, you know, my writing flow would just be a lot, you know, it would just kind of come to me uh, better with just writing about horror stuff. So, I mean, I've always kind of gravitated towards the horror genre without really even, you know, realizing that you know that was just kind of one of the one of the big uh art forms that i was into yeah i mean like at a certain point i i like i said at a certain point i did realize it but like for a while you know it wasn't until maybe you know five or ten years probably more like ten years ago that i started being like thinking of myself as specifically a horror fan you know before that i was just a, a movie fan and I probably had, like I said, slight leaning, leanings towards stuff that is was weird. Mm -hmm. And even the horror movies I like, I tend to like, like oddball horror movies, borderlining on art house horror movies. You know, like so, like so, even my taste within the horror genre tends to be um, bizarre over bloody. Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Kind of like, uh, 
I want to say like the theater bazaar, but just more like, uh, and what's like another, uh, you like Santa Sangre. Have you seen Santa Sangre? Is that, is that Argento? Um, I, I forgot the gentleman's name. I think, uh, it's a South American film. Oh no, I have not seen, I haven't seen that, but I've heard of it. Um, yeah. but yeah, like horror filmmakers that I like, you know, well, the thing is the movie that I made is weird because like, I really like Dario Argento. I really like Suspiria, Deep Red, (laughs) Phenomena, and a lot of the movies that that guy made. Um, Like Jallos? Yeah, I like Jallos, you know, mostly because I just think that they, like, um, are so visually over the top that I am drawn to them, you know, and they have such cool, you know, a lot of them, even though Suspiria is not a pure Jallo movie, but even, like, Deep Red is, like, you know, just has has a cool color palette and cool lighting. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the movie that I made Toy Terminator is like, it's more inspired by things that I admit I don't even think is that good. Like, you know, like I kind of like <clears throat> was basing the movie on a lot of like the late 80s, early 90s full moon movies. Okay. Um, you know, and like those are movies that I find myself drawn to a little bit, but if I were to talk about them objectively in like a critical way, I'd be like, this is a bad, you know, but like, I still like, like watching some of the cheap effects. And I like some of the shoddy junky junkiness of the movie of those old movies. Like, you know, like, um, and part of it is, you know, that idea of a film being so bad that it's good. Um, and um, part of it, I think that, you know, a lot of the filmmakers, you know, like if we're talking about like a movie like Ghoulies, which it seems that I am, I did not expect to be talking about Ghoulies, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about a movie like that. I feel like those people have to be at least a little bit aware that it's a joke, you know, like, uh, you know, because it's a pretty much post Gremlins. I think it literally is just a Gremlins ripoff. I'd have yeah, to look at I, the dates. I, I think so. And I think oh. even Joe Dante's kind of said Joe- something along those lines of you know those those movies that came after gremlins are pretty much ripoffs yeah and they are um so like the movie that i tried to make you know is 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 a version of ripoff movies of the late 80s and early 90s like like child's play and gremlins were ripped off you know and made into critters troll puppet master munchies um, yeah you know whatever um right right and like the the film that i weighed i was like i guess i i thought like maybe because there's so kind of um the b movies you know i don't want to say they're poorly made because they're, they're not quite poorly made but because they're not like big studio productions i guess i maybe watched them and thought to myself like oh i could do that though like <laughs> if that makes any right. sense yeah no, I'll say like the puppetry work in Toy Terminator is like really well made. Thank you. And uh, you know, I'm not just saying that because I have you on the show. Like just watching your movie with uh, just a fresh perspective, I was like, you know what? I, I've seen some of the newer Puppet Master movies, mm-hmm. and there's just I don't know, like some of the magic from like the originals. It's just mm-hmm. it's it's not really there. Like I, I I feel like they're missing something, but I can't really pinpoint what's missing. 
And with your film, I can kind of see like the old school puppetry in play, but with like, uh, I want to say newer techniques, but like your camera work really uh, adds to the depth of how the puppets move. And like, just, I, I just think like everything flows really well with your film. And I was pleasantly surprised to see like practical effects puppetry in motion actually like you know i was thinking you know if puppet master whoever you know charlie band watches this i mean i mean his crew members have to uh you know maybe take note because you know you can <laughs> you can still do puppetry work and still uh you know make it look good rather than uh just being lazy about it i think because I've seen some of uh, Full Moon's earlier yeah, no, I, or later movies, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I just think they're being really lazy about it. Because you can see some of the crew members in the background. If you actually like pay attention, yeah. like, oh, I, you know, they're not even trying. Like, I don't know. No, I and agree. I love Full Moon, like early Full Moon. I, I really oh, yeah. do enjoy. Oh, like I it's said, just, I love yeah. I love that too. And when I say that I was inspired by those movies, even though I don't love those movies, I do have an affection for those movies. But I will say that the the offspring, the continuation of those movies under the full moon name are are not amusing to me. Um, I don't think that those are like as good at all as <clears throat> as like the things from like, like example, as like I said, Public Map Master or, or Ghoulies. Even though Ghoulies is like, you know, both of those movies are the plots are laughable. Like, uh, you know, but, um, but yeah, I like the I like the the little rubber monster genre subgenre for lack of a better term or killer doll subgenre, you know. So, and, and and it's such a like a it's such a shameless B genre that I was like, okay, well, if I try to make a movie like this, you know, like in a way I. And I knew that I wanted to insert like some kind of sense of humor into it, even though I don't even know if that comes across because people seem to think that the movie's just messed up. But like, um, but um, but to me, there's comedy. Like, um, I was trying to insert a sense of humor into it, and I figured if I did it in a killer doll genre, it almost can't go wrong if I can pull off the puppets. That was my thought process. Is like, if I could get my buddy Fred Pallone, who co-wrote it with me, who I think is a funny guy and a good actor. Mm -hmm. I was like, if I could, if I could get him and make him freak out the entire movie, and if I can pull off the puppetry, like that's worth ten minutes. So I was like, sort of just like that was kind of my approach. Right. So uh, a lot of people don't think this movie's funny. They just think it's crazy or like. No, I will. Well, I mean, here's the thing: is like I have not had a ton of reactions to it because I, the only reactions have been people like you in the horror community mm -hmm. or in the film review community or people that I know well. And um, there's definitely been a couple of people who thought it was funny. Um, but a lot of people will say like, that it's like, like disturbing, or like messed up. And I guess that, you know, it does have that element to it where, you know, it is about like, torturing people or puppets, not people but puppets, but like, um, <laughs> but like, uh, but I guess to me, that's what is funny. You know, the fact that it is so dark, but that it deals with puppets. I mean, like this, I mean, it's, and it's not like it's a new thing that I'm 
trying to do like i mean like peter jackson's movie i can't think of it right now the puppet peter jackson movie you know it oh right? uh, yeah uh meet the feebles yeah meet the feebles is a is a good example of you know and obviously people compare the film i made to meet the feebles and people say it's like team america and like any other killer doll movie and yeah you know that makes sense i just uh don't know if you know i'm still learning how to make a movie and uh, I don't know if I nailed the comedy in the exact way that I wanted to, you know, Wh- what was your reaction to the film? You know, like, I know you said you liked it, but like, how did you read it? Did you read it as a horror movie, a comedy, a horror comedy? Like, what was your deal? Well, like, okay. So like, you know, the opening scene, we get like this miniature and it looks like maybe you got some animation in there. Was there any animation? Like, clay and I put some layers on it, you know, no, there's no real, there's no animation. The, the miniature is just a miniature you know okay and there's like but i put like layers over it like some atmosphere effects and stuff like that oh okay you know yeah so you know like uh you know we we get like this opening scene uh you know the his his house or cottage looks pretty cool mm-hmm. but uh you know we get some like carpenterist like john carpenter type music playing which i really like sure. like that synth so just- that that kind of helps set the tone for the film like okay you know i'm liking where this is going and, uh, you know, we get to the interaction with Fred and, uh, is it, uh, Pappy? Is that, yeah. uh, yep. so, you know, I, I won't talk about the whole film, but yeah, I'll yeah. say, uh, you know, I'll say like, you know, I, I really liked the, the tone that set off the movie to where it's like, okay, like this isn't going to be like, I wouldn't say stupid, but you know, it's like, it, it kind of really added like a serious tone to it in a way like, okay, like yeah what am i getting myself into cool and and uh so you know seeing like how uh fred interacts with the puppets uh i maybe maybe because like i i get it like i get the whole puppetry uh scenario like you know i've seen a lot of puppet movies you know all the puppet masters i love uh stuart gordon's uh dolls movie oh yeah that's great uh so you know, I, I was really excited to see like a fresh new take on like a killer doll movie. Cool. Well, I made the film for people like you then. I mean, like, because that's, <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people too, in a way that I've seen way too many puppet movies, basically. Right, right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was just really cool to see a fresh take on the, you know, the killer puppet doll movie. Thanks. And uh, so, I mean, that that's my reaction to it was, you know, I, I already kind of liked that niche of a subgenre, right so wanting to see more was was uh you know an awesome experience just watching and uh you know i the the way that uh the dolls interacted with each other was was quite hilarious like you know i don't want to give anything away but yeah, towards yeah, the yeah. end some of the the literal hand gestures and whatnot was kind of yeah a, yeah it did it, what we shot actually got way more over the top and sexual from there but i just i basically took it out because i was like it just like screwed with it's it like it just didn't work basically like it, w- it went too far basically so i took it out <laughs> um but like uh but still i like that um you know that is one thing that does mess with people about the movie though they're like why is that puppet doing that yeah yeah i uh i i I knew like it was just escalating like yeah, from the moment it. of 
you know, it, you know, it, it escalates and just, it just, it goes bonkers. I don't know how else to explain. No, that's it, just, the idea. it just keeps, just keeps going up and up. And it's like, you know, what the hell is going on here? Right. And Fred Pallone's uh, performance, I thought was, was awesome. Like I thought he nailed it. He did a great job just kind of acting like he's going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy, uh, he's like, he's like, like I said, I live in Buffalo, New York. And uh, Fred is uh, a guy I know that li- also lives in Buffalo. He's a poet in the area. He doesn't do much acting other than the acting that he, he does with me. Um, but he's just a general all around charismatic person. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you're around him, you know, he's an exciting person to be around. And uh, he's also just a funny person and a funny writer. So like a lot of the film we wrote, we, like we had a script and stuff like that. Um, but you know, when he improvised a lot of what we did on the actual film, mm-hmm. so like, you know, so a lot of those lines are, you know, very much his lines, you know, like, uh, and the type of stuff that he does and thinks is funny, you know, a lot of that stuff is, is classic Fred to me. Um, you know, the way that I describe to people is like, I almost feel like in terms of how the movie works, like I almost like a roadmap as to what happens, where, what's going on and like the plot points. Mm-hmm. And he was, and he basically filled in the details of it. That's kind of how we wrote it. I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, his performance is great. Uh, the way that the puppets uh, looked and interacted with each other. Uh, you know, it, it almost felt like I was watching uh, an early uh, Puppet Master movie, but in HD. Yeah. And, you know. That's a weird part of, that's funny that you brought the fact that it's an HD up, is that's one thing that's almost, I, I mean, I kind of, I don't mind that about the movie, the fact that it's like, um, that it's a digital film and it's HD, but, you know, you're used to seeing that, the type of film that I made, you're used to seeing that, Um shot on film you know and a lot of us saw it you know four three on a vhs tape yeah um so it was almost at a certain point after i made the movie i was like should i have shot this on film in like four three you know again i didn't have the money to do that so it would have never happened but in my head that probably would have made more sense honestly yeah well i mean i don't know i i think you pulled it off man i i really enjoyed it it's it's not one of those films where, and you know, granted it's a short film, yeah. but it's not one of those films where like, you know, you can tell, usually you can kind of tell if a movie's going to be good or not a couple minutes in. Right. And this kind of felt like, like I didn't, I didn't want it to end. I wanted to see what else was going to go on. Like, cool. That's awesome. You know, I, so I'm all for like, you know, if you ever decide to do like a bigger, uh, you know, or like a longer version of this, uh, I would definitely like to see it. I, I definitely like to, uh, to watch, you know, killer doll movies. I know it sounds twisted, but I mean, uh, you know, I mean, full moon for some reason, I'll, you know, they're full moon. So I'll keep watching their movies, but this era that they're in right now, I just, I don't know. They, they need to hire someone like you and, and make puppet master movies. You know, I'll, I will take the job. If you, if you see that dude, tell him to hire me and I'll sell him. I'll accept the job. Yeah, man. Um, but 
I mean, I got to give them props, though. They're still making full length movies, and, you know, like on, on nothing budgets. But yeah, yeah no, they, 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 um, you know, they're, they're, the quality has suffered a little bit, no doubt, or a lot of it, probably. Um, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think the problem is, is, uh, you know, they're, you know, like they're, they're making the movie off no- on nothing. And they're trying to like film it as fast as they can. I think if they just right. take a little bit of time, they probably could, you know, they could probably nail it. But, you know, he, for some reason, he just thinks, let's pump it out, you know, as fast as we can to save money yeah. or whatever the reason is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that dude has always come at it from a pretty business savvy angle, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's not, I don't know very much about the business of film and how a person turns a profit on a film. I'd like to do it with this one. And like, I'm closer than I was in the past with my last film, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. But like, uh, even like, I, I feel like anybody that does that job has got to wear half of a business hat. If you're, if you're like, Kaufman or Charlie band or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it, because you kind of don't have a movie unless your concept is going to make money. You know what I mean? Right. So in some ways I get it, but if it sucks, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, dude, I was, I was like, like really stoked that uh blade was going to have his own spinoff puppet master. Oh God, I watched that. Yeah. That was horrid. Yeah, I was like, I was like, you know, I was like so stoked, like, man, this is gonna be awesome, you know. Blade's gonna have his own movie, and you know, hopefully, it's gonna be good. <laughs> End up buying it and watching. It. I was like, oh man, I, I should have known. I yeah, mean, I, I, I mean, I, no. Yeah, it was rough. You know, yeah. I mean, you yeah. Know, oh, it did feel like you got tricked, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's true. That was the best part about the movie, but. But yeah, no, it felt like I got tricked. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, oh, gotcha again, you know. Although kind of thing. <laughs> the 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 Puppet Master movie that Craig Zoller wrote was uh, respectable. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Littlest uh, Rikers, Littlest. Oh Littlest. yeah, yeah, the Fangoria. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, produced one or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. one. That that was. Uh, I mean, it was barely a Puppet Master movie in terms of what the original movies were like. You know, like a lot of the, they swapped a lot of like the original campiness for just like, or not campiness. They swapped a lot of like the fantasy element for just like straight, like, like uh, trauma style gore. Yeah. Um, which was kind of cool. Yeah. I, you know, it, it was a different uh, like take on Puppet Master, I guess. And I, yeah. you know it was enjoyable. I would definitely watch that again, uh, over, uh, blade spinoff or maybe the last three new puppet master movies. Blade uh, spinoff, bro. That's rough. Listen, I will admit this though. Um, I definitely mind those movies for every special effect sequence and bit it hard, you know? So like, I, it's clear that I do have some admiration for the franchise, even though a lot of them are really bad but one thing that I, that is undeniable is that it is an influence on the movie that I made. And I did, even though I didn't care about the elements mostly in any of the movies, I did mine the films for how the special effects sequences were designed. And I did rip those special effects sequences off. So, I mean, yeah. that, thank you. 
Yeah. You know, and, and I'll say, you know, as much as like, I will, you know, it sounds like I'm talking shit about the puppet master movies. Uh, I mean, not all of them are bad. I, I do really like the first few puppet master movies. I mean, for Um, what they are, those first three are decent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the effects and the effects are good. Yeah. The stop motion is really good. And something I just thought of in, I mean, I guess this could be a, a better perspective, but like, you know, the the later Puppet Master movies really feel like kind of like where the Saw franchise went, where it was almost like the last few Saw movies was like a continuation of the same story. Mm. That's what the Puppet Master movies kind of turned into. It was like a continuation of the same stories. And it's like, Jesus Christ, we're in like 10 or 11 Puppet Master movies and we're still like on the Nazi train um, yeah, right. like can we like at least stir the story to like maybe bring up the nazis a couple times but then like right. you know, let's have a different storyline besides and the same cut like and paste. No, one, no one ever cared about the nazi story the nazis <laughs> like it wasn't like we were like yo we got to go watch this puppet movie because we like the nazi story like the nazi thing was always like a it was just whatever it was take it or leave it <laughs> you know like the first two puppet masters don't have anything to do with nazis and you know i was right. fine without them like the i mean third- like they they could have they could have ended it with like when you know the the richard lynch story in the earlier puppet master movies like once they killed him off because i mean he played a pretty good Wait, who's richard who's oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess i feel like the third one is the one where the nazi stuff becomes prevalent though yeah but no, it is a part of the first two movies. You're right. Yeah, it is because he was yeah. kind of like you know, uh, or uh, Taolan, Taolan or Taolan. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, too, got too long, you know, yeah. Toulon. He got it the serum basically like through working with the Nazis or whatever, and then right. But what I mean to say is like I never cared at all about that backstory. He could have been a Russian puppet maker for me, and it would have made no <laughs> difference because it was just an excuse to see the special effects. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. It's like I, I think they kind of rode that backstory a little, you know. I mean, they're still they're still writing on it, really. But I agree uh, with you, bro. <laughs> you know, they they just need to stir the, you know, just stir the story a little bit, and then I don't think they will. <laughs> Charlie, if you're listening to this podcast, let's let's get a different storyline for Puppet Master. I think, yeah, I think we'd all be excited about that. Yeah, and we're saying this out of love, Charles Band. We're saying yes. this because we actually like those stupid movies. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, uh, you know, how about uh let's let's stir the the conversation a little bit. Uh sure. you know, I, I know you like the Puppet Master movies and and uh you know all the great stuff and like you know, I'll say like uh early early full moon was kind of where it was at. I mean there's they had a little bit of a budget. Right. And I think that really helped. The effects and, were still super physical at that point. Right. Yeah. And they, you know, they had a lot of good writers back then. And, sure. you know, you know, Barbara Crampton, uh, Jeffrey Combs were kind of big full moon staples True. back then. And I think they, you know, just even their presence alone kind of helped gravitate, elevate, elevate their movies. No doubt. Um, but I'll start the conversation to uh, do you have a favorite universal monster? That's a good question. Um, you know? Or Universal Monster Movie. Is there like... You know, okay, yeah. Th- those might be different. I think the my I think my favorite monster is Frankenstein. 
but I think I would rather watch because we're talking about like the 30s and 40s movies, right? Yeah, like like the OG. Yeah, Universal we're talking. About, I would rather watch Dracula than any of them. I like Dracula the most. I don't entirely know why. I think I I think Dracula I think is is funny. Like when I watch that guy, I, I, like also I don't even think that that's how the movie's supposed to play. I think I'm watching it through <laughs> like a detached modern lens that probably you know is not if the film student was watching me talk about this they'd probably say that i was an idiot but like um but yeah dracula amused me the most it's like the guy's performance is like so over the top that that i like watching it and like i like that era of vampires i like oh yeah i like the i like the actual the class of a vampire yeah. You know, like it's like, and I don't even really like vampire movies. Generally, it's like the bottom of my subgenre list. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm way more into watching zombie films or whatever. You know, um, right. but, but like or supernatural movies, I'd watch over uh, a vampire movie. But but if I had to pick a universal monster film, it'd be Dracula because the guy's performance is uh, really charming and funny to me, um, and. But if I had to pick a favorite universal monster, I think that when you say monster, that implies like the effects and the makeup that's actually on display. And at that point, I say Frankenstein looks the coolest. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What do you think? Well, okay. So uh, oddly, and you know, I've talked about this on other podcasts before, but like oddly, when I was younger, I, I liked Dracula. I don't know why. I thought maybe, I mean, he, you know, Bell Lugosi's Dracula was kind of like the blueprint for vampires. Like he was the classic vampire to where, you know, if you thought of vampires, you know, and this is way before twilight and all that shit. So when you thought of vampires back then, you know, you thought of like Bell Lugosi's vampire and you know how he had his little vampresses and whatnot, which that kind of came into like uh, hammer horror stuff. But, uh, Mm -hmm. You know, I I always, I don't know. I thought Dracula was cool. As I got older, uh, I more or less gravitated to uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. I almost didn't think about that because it's like later, so I I, I didn't think about that one. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking like Wolfman, Dracula, Frankenstein, Mummy. I was thinking that those were my choices. Yeah. If Creature from the Black Lagoon is my choice, then I switch Frankenstein <laughs> from being the best. Mom, creature from the black lagoon because that that suit and that makeup is, is awesome yeah yeah it's i forgot it's, about that yeah and, and you know it's a it's a fairly entertaining movie too i like and, movies uh, on boats too that sounds kind of goofy but like i mean like <laughs> i'll watch like jaws is i'll watch anaconda even oh yeah. you know you know like apocalypse now like i just kind of like movies about people on boats on rivers like i even like african queen okay i don't you know i've, I've actually never seen that one it's John Houston. It's pretty good. You know? <laughs> Not- okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's just I, I know about the movie, it just kind of flew right. under my radar. But uh maybe not the word. I mean, you know, it's nothing for unless you're into like Humphrey Bogart, I think is the guy, or mm-hmm. unless you're in, unless you're into that actor who I think is Humphrey Bogart, but I don't even know. Um, yeah. or you're into that director, then he's probably missable. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I'll give an honorable mention uh, 
like the invisible man. Uh, I watched some of those uh, recently and just, I haven't seen that. It's, it's actually, uh, you know, I, I actually like the invisible man movies from like the, you know, back in the day because yeah. uh, I just thought it was really interesting, like how they pulled those effects off. Yeah. That's that what's cool period. for me too. Yeah. So, you know, I, I watched and actually I watched uh, The Invisible Agent. So it was kind of a later one. Hmm. And uh, it's kind of hard to find. I, I have it on VHS, though. And uh, it's it's one of those ones where it's a it's a spinoff, but they tie in like he is related to The Invisible Man, like, you know, the earlier one. And uh, basically, he's a secret agent that... Uh, you know, the military inject him with that. And he's going to be basically a spy going over to uh, Germany to spy on the Nazis. So he's invisible. Uh, you know, nice. and he gets kind of entangled with this, with this uh, German woman and she ends up finding out who he is and like, you know, tries to help him and whatnot. And it's is it good. Yeah, it is actually pretty good. I, I was pleasantly surprised. It reminds me of, um, well, this is sort of a separate topic, but like, I also really like the early King Kong movies. And well, when I say the King Kong movies, I kind of just mean King Kong and Mighty Joe Young. But when you said that, I was thinking of Son of Kong and like, just like, you know, like people get mad at Hollywood for being derivative and being obsessed with intellectual property. Um, but truthfully, it's kind of just always been the case. I feel like, you know, mm. it's like if they made a thing that was successful, you know, they will try to make money off of it again, I feel like. And yeah. and that's just kind of the business model of filmmaking, you know, and and I guess that's kind of a thread in what we're talking about, you know, you know, like the line between somebody, you know, putting together a, a functional film that can turn a profit, you know, so they're not going to lose money and and make the people that are investing in the film mad, you know, while at the same time making something that is good. So that is probably always a challenge. Oh, yeah, that's that's the ever going battle, I think. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Toy Terminator, it's awesome. Uh, when can when can like you know people watch it? Is it still doing a film festival? I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, we're doing some film festivals coming up, and we're gonna have some screenings that are largely gonna be in the Western New York area. So, um, you know, I operate on a pretty insular scale right now, um, and. Uh, so if you're not in the area that I'm in for a couple months, you won't be able to see it, but I will um, be, it's going to be on streaming platforms probably by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I admit that I don't have hard and fast deadlines for a lot of this stuff because I'm at the, like I said, I'm the filmmaker and I'm also the producer. And uh, when it comes down to wearing both of those hats that I referred to either, earlier i'm probably less good at wearing the producer hat so a lot of these deadlines are still a little bit loose for me i know we're doing some festivals to the end of the year and by the time it's 2022 i'd like to have it on streaming platforms nice. i mean also also the hopefully I'm, I'm talking to someone that's going to put on a horror anthology i believe which is going to be cool too but still a lot of this stuff is you know kind of still like the logistics are getting ironed out okay so like uh i'm still kind of in that process truthfully i kind of only recently only probably a month ago did i start you know putting up 
the trailer and the official artwork and started reaching out to people like you, you know, I've only been doing this for a little bit. So I'll probably give myself to the end of the year to try to, um, uh, promote the phone film as a non-professional. Um, and, uh, and then at the end of that period, you know, when I feel that I've kind of done everything that I can to promote the film, I'll, uh, put it on streaming platforms. For sure. So, yeah. So streaming, so streaming early 2022. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, definitely look forward to uh, hearing people watch your short film and, and hopefully maybe it, it'll be a good addition to a horror anthology for sure. Yeah, I would love, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, it seems probable that that's going to happen and I would be really pumped if it did. Um, yeah. Uh, come uh, early 2022, I'll shoot you an email when I do have it on some streaming platforms and if you could mention the film again, you know, that'd be awesome. Oh yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely, man. I would uh, definitely like to, to, to spread the uh, toy Terminator all over the root horror podcast page and all that. whatnot. <laughs> yeah. That'd <laughs> be that awesome. Stuff. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like uh, any word of mouth is good. Yeah. And you know, who knows? Uh, maybe we'll have you back on again to help promote when, uh, you know, and talk about maybe the horror anthology it gets attached to, or, or, you know, something else down the line. Uh, sure. Yeah. No, I'd love to do that. Like, yeah, I mean, I'll at least be in the promotion process for this film. Like I said, till at least early 2022. And at that point, yeah, I'd love to come back on the show and talk a little more. It'd be, it'd be fun. I, I had fun talking to you just, Getting nerding out about some pretty niche uh, 80s and early 90s films, you know, like a lot of the people that I made the film with, you know, like they were down, but they're all I feel like they were also like, what? Like they weren't also fan. I was the person who brought that subgenre to them and was like, you know, we're going to basically do it like this, you know. So it's cool to talk to people that, you know have a little bit more of an understanding for this stuff because it is like, if you're, if you're in on it, then it's kind of just a fun and funny thing. And for people that don't like, I guess what I'm describing is just kind of like be horror. Yeah. It's just kind of take it or leave it for people. They either kind of get it or they don't like either reanimator is going to be stupid or you're just going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. For you. Well, pretty much. Yeah. I, I enjoy toy terminator. Uh, you know, it's, it's only seven minutes long, but, uh, you know, it's an enjoyable seven minutes long film. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those films you have to watch from beginning to end. It's not one where, Oh, I got a minute in, I'm going to turn it off and watch something else or go to the next short film. Like that's good one where you're actually going to, you're yeah. probably actually going to watch the whole thing. So nice. I'll take it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Matt. I, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about your film and, and the horror genre. I'm happy to do it. Thanks for having me. This was fun. And hopefully I can come back uh, maybe like January or something like that. Awesome, man. For sure. Well, that was the episode with Matt Wisniewski. I just want to say thank you so much, Matt, for coming on the show. It's a lot of fun talking about uh, killer doll films and, you know, old school full moon films and you know talking more about toy terminator i enjoyed the conversation so uh if people want to check out more on uh matt i'll put
put his social media in the links below. You can follow him and follow uh, Well Worn Boot and uh, you know see what's next for these guys. And uh, yeah, so for me, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Root Horror Podcast. Or for all my other links, you can go to www.linktree.com forward slash root horror podcast. And I uh, just want to give a, a special shout out to Nightlight for making the intro music and outro music for the show. Uh, you guys are awesome. So thank you so much. And uh, thank you all for listening to the podcast and stay tuned for the next one. Films Podcast Network, 
home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.